Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. What is going on, everybody? Welcome into episode number 261, sorry, 262 of Underground Sports Philadelphia. Cake B coming at you live from Underground Studios, and as always, joining me on the voice line, the one and only Matt Castorino. What's going on, man? I am living the dream. We are indeed living the dream. We have big news to kick off the show, uh, but before we get started, as always, show would not be possible Without our amazing local sponsors, Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick Auto Mall, Mark Ronchetti, CPA LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland, and of course, our awesome merch provider, Design Tree, DSGNTree.com. Search Underground Sports Philadelphia and use the promo code DSGN5 at checkout. Saves you $5 off your entire order. Get all of your Philly sports gear. The Bryce Harper shirts that are trending on the front page of Design Tree's website have always been a hit since we launched them. He's on an MVP tear right now. Go get your merch, dsgntree.com. Search Underground Sports Philadelphia and use the promo code DSGN5. Save yourself five bucks off at checkout. And then, of course, our friends at Tomahawk Shades doing the damn thing the right way. A quality product for an affordable price. You guys see me wearing the Blue Light Plus glasses every single show, live on Twitch and Facebook. Go get yourself a pair. You got to protect your eyes, staring at computer screens all day while you're working from home. School's back in session. Zoom University is a thing. Protect your eyes. Use our promo code at TomahawkShades.com. Promo code USP saves you 25% off your entire order at checkout. It's absolutely ridiculous. Plus, Matt, I know you like free things. All of us love free things. Free is for me. Right now, Tomahawk Shades end of summer sale. All orders over $20. You receive a free pair of Tomahawk Shades with your order. They're doing it the right way. Plus, all orders over $75 qualify for free shipping. So check out our friends, TomahawkShades.com. Promo code USP. And Matt, the, the big announcement we have is a new sponsor on board with Underground Sports Philadelphia, and for the foreseeable future, support for this podcast is brought to you by our new friends at Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to, pro- to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. And that's why Manscaped has redesigned their electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever engineered, ever created, and just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents uh, thanks to advanced skin safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. 
When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last you up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. The waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower. And one of the coolest features is the LED light which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to a 7000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because its technology designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. If you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Head over to manscaped.com and get 20% off plus free shipping with the code USP. That is promo code USP at checkout. Saves you 20% off plus free shipping. Thanks to our friends at Manscaped. Manscaped is on board with the underground, Matt. Absolutely stupid stuff that uh, we get to do this and companies are taking a chance on us. Yeah, and uh, underground, I think, is the best way to describe <laughs> the, uh, the attachment there for sure. Absolutely. So shout out to Manscaped uh, for hopping on board with us. Very excited about this partnership we have rocking with them. You're going to be hearing a lot about uh, keeping your family jewels safe and sound and trimmed up the right way. Thanks to our friends over at Manscaped. Matt, we got a lot to talk about tonight, surprisingly. The Flyers somehow staved off elimination. They win game five. We've got a game six on Thursday night. And uh, I, I have to tell you, I was so unenthused by that game five going into it that like I was just fully mentally prepared for them to lose that game. Yeah, especially especially just this team has kind of been lackluster uh, overall. And you know that you're going into the game down 3-1, kind of just expecting the Band-Aid to be ripped off and the season to be over. I think everyone was preparing themselves for their post-game tweets of, well, we'll be back next year. This team's got a lot of uh, youth and all this. Um, quickly turns around. And what a crazy five minutes it was, really, between Giroux's goal, uh, Alec Bohm goes yard, <laughs> and then uh, just really a few minutes later, too, you have uh, you have the, the second goal as well going by JVR, and it's like all of a sudden – this like life breathe backed into the uh, into the playoffs here, but I mean, realistically speaking, it's another it's another just flying on the seat of your pants type of win from the Flyers. I mean, this is the second time this series that they've blown a lead late, and they've been very lucky, I think, to win both the games that they have, which have been in overtime. We haven't seen this team really piece it together all that much. I think Game Four was probably the best game they've played from start to finish, but. You know, this team has struggled at times just to find any kind of rhythm or consistency, which has been been a big red flag for me. And yeah, you know, now you also have Coots potentially out for tomorrow. I think you have to be pretty down on your chances to think of, of us winning without him, uh, especially considering you have to win two more now. But you're still alive, which is nice. It, you know, we're, at least we're going to have one more game to watch. And I mean, you put yourself in that position, you know, just, just to go out there and win. And anything can happen. Yeah, uh, and like you said, Coots more than likely going to miss uh, tomorrow night's game, which is a big bummer. Um, the other bummer to me is that this Flyers team can't score more than three goals in regulation. 
since the playoffs have started. Their two four-goal games have been in overtime, and that's also their only wins in this series have come in overtime. They have not been able to seal the deal against the Islanders in regulation, and that in and of itself is such a red flag to me that like they can be up, and in the last couple of minutes of that game uh, five, they gave up just easy soft goals and it was just like what are we doing it they just like it's it's almost like when the islanders are down they're playing at their best and the flyers just lose every bit of momentum they have as soon as they go up by any amount of goals yeah i think it's been just lapses in concentration as well you saw that again on a sunday's loss niskin and makes some mistakes late as well which i think kind of become the the death knell for this team and yeah, I, I don't know if that's some of the youth we have in this team, but Niskanen, again, more of a veteran. Uh, but it hasn't been just him making mistakes, obviously. But mm-hmm. I don't know if it's just a general inexperience or what, or nerves. I don't know. I mean, you'd think that this is probably the most sterile environment you could have a playoffs in because there's no fans. There's not a huge amount of uh, hype around it, you know, it, that the players are feeling. You know, they're, they're very cut off from everything, so... It's a bit strange to see this team just at times panic and the momentum really shifted with what, like five minutes left last time. I mean, once it was three, three, I genuinely expected us to lose that game and that would have been crushing to, to go out that way. But you get a lifeline in an overtime win. And that's, that's been the big thing as well. The inability to win in regulation is, is not a, not, not very good. (laughs) You, you want to be able to put teams away. Um, you want to be able to, to actually, I think it would have done this team a lot of good to go in 3-1, right, and, and, and force a game six. But, um, you know, you can also speak, I think if you look at a more positive angle, just the resiliency of this team. You have to go in despite going uh, um, going into overtime, giving up two goals late. Carter Hart still pulls off some really great saves, and to go and win it after you've kind of had this collapse late in the game, I think speaks to some resiliency for, for sure. And um, it's not the first time they've done it in this series that they've, they've had to do that, but it's been a lot of self-inflicted wounds for this team. And, um, you know, we did finally see Claude score last night, which is great. JVR um, scores as well, which was big. And, you know, we've seen some of these guys that we've been waiting on, on some good performances start to turn up a little bit, but, I think you'd still have to say this is just a huge, huge uphill battle for the Flyers to to get back in this series. I mean, you're looking at it now, you're still going to have to win two more games against this team, which is a bad matchup for us. Varlamov's looked really strong this series still. You know, the, the only way we've been able to score is getting bodies in front of net, and you know, maybe that's the play going forward, but this is it's a huge road for the, the Flyers to come back from. Yeah, and I mean, there's been a lot of outcry about just how how many dumb mistakes AV has made? Um, you know, I've seen multiple people post game talking about. You know, they they tried to tell us, and we didn't want to listen that playoff AV was a completely different coach than regular season AV. And there are a lot of decisions that kind of like go hand in hand with that. Like the ice time we've seen for some of these like fourth line guys and guys that like just shouldn't be out there in crunch time are almost on the same playing field as guys like Giroux, Voracek, and, you know, your your big guns that you want out there in crunch time. It, it's just been a lot of head-scratching for me when it comes to some of these coaching decisions by AV recently. 
Yeah, yeah, I think I think he he certainly deserves some criticism for that. I think I think one thing he's trying to do is not rely too heavily on those guys. I think his fans obviously want to see the big names out there, and we feel more secure in that. But we also have to remember, I mean, they just played a back to back. This they had a long layoff. We know that soft tissue injuries are are really common right now. Like he has to kind of look for the future as well. He can't can't throw all his chips in and, and this is the second round too i mean you're not even talking stanley cup finals here where you just you know maybe bite a block of wood and suck it up but yeah i think uh maybe at times just yeah still some baffling decisions some relying on guys that i think it's hard for us to necessarily see the value in in giving these guys these these plays in big situations um but, you know, he, he has to use everyone to his disposal. You know, you can't run the top line into the ground, right? Like, these, these guys are going to need rest. Not everyone's going to be able to play every shift. And you need to utilize the full depth of your team. And this is, by the way, one of the deeper teams the Flyers have had this decade. I mean, you know, we can certainly poo-poo about Nate Thompson. But, I mean, we've <laughs> had much worse, you know, fourth-line centers, you know, on this team in recent history. And... I, I just I, I wish people would remember that that this has been an evolving process continually to to get better as a whole. You know, we, for years we had to rely on, on Claude and, and Jacob Voracek because that was those are our biggest producers. Now we should, in theory, have guys that are able to, to, to carry that burden a little better. Um, it hasn't quite been the case these playoffs, but that's that's what this team is trying to build. You can't throw away your your overall philosophy for how you're trying to build the team going forward for a seven game series and try and switch it up. You know, that's just, that's just not really feasible. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, AV said (laughs) that the boys had to put on big boy pants and they did. It was, it was such a like weight lifted off of, I think everyone's shoulders to finally see Claude Drew put one in the back of the net. Um, because, even if you if you want to admit it or not, Claude Drew has been pretty bad uh, throughout the playoffs. hasn't really contributed much, um, and it was nice to kind of see like there was like a fire lit under him last night where he was you know crashing in front of the net, taking shots. He wasn't passing off um, the puck to his teammates and everything, and finally got that first goal of his playoffs, which was just so nice to see him show up in a big way for this team and and really be the the leader that they needed out on the ice yeah and you know don't yeah we shouldn't discount what that can do for some momentum and some rhythm i'm sure he wasn't necessarily satisfied with his performance so far in these playoffs but yeah one goal can certainly shift the tide here and um, and we've seen that happen for guys, but I think overall, even if they lose tomorrow, I think the the biggest picture is that this team just looked pretty bad in the playoffs. And it's strange because you know we were talking coming out of the round robin how impressed we were that this team seemed to have picked up a lot of that same rhythm that they had, you know, going through February and March where they were really surging and they come back and in their first competitive games beat the the other three top teams in the East. And it they, they were playing very well. And that sort of changed and shifted with that Canadian series. And Islanders, we knew, were a very tough matchup for this team. We knew that was probably the, our least ideal team to, to face in, in the East. Um, so obviously there's some difficulty there. But outside of that, I mean, I think just 
some really disappointing individual performances um, that you hope are more just a little bit more fluky and a little bit more just these guys may be a little bit out of rhythm. I don't know. Um, and, and that once we get back to a regular season next year, those things disappear and we're, we're back to that team that, that we saw for, you know, half the season. And then, you know, the very beginning of this restart, but you know, I don't want to eulogize just yet because you never know what can happen. This team, I mean, by the way, they showed a graphic last night. It was the uh, Islanders are ten and zero, went up three one in the series, and the Flyers are one and seventeen, went down one to three in the series. Well, we remember that Bruins series, <laughs> you know, coming back from a three zero, which no one had ever done. Um, I mean, you can't discount things like that to happen, and it could be very twenty twenty to have a, a big comeback like that. We've we've seen it. We saw it in the NBA, right? I mean, the Jazz were up three one, and, and the Nuggets came back to win. I mean, it can happen, you know. So let's let's not eulogize just yet about this team. Yeah, and I mean, a decade ago, we saw this this franchise do just that uh, to go to the Stanley Cup. So, I mean, you can't count anything out until. It's full-blown over, but uh, Flyers game six, Thursday night, how how are you feeling about it? Because honestly, I, I feel like there was a bit of swing of, of momentum, even though the Flyers did you know give up the lead and had to go to overtime. I think a bit of momentum swung in the Flyers' way uh, just by the way that they played yesterday. I think there's a bit of a fire lit under them to go out and you know even this series up and make it a, a winner-go-home in a game seven. Yeah, I think if, if we could like petition to make games end after the second period, uh, <laughs> I would feel very good for whatever reason. Uh, we've looked really shaky in that final period, whereas the Islanders I, I have looked spectacular as the game. They, they just grow into games really well. I've been really impressed with the Islanders, to be honest, and just how effective and organized they are. But again, if, if Coots isn't playing, I'm not overly positive about our odds just because that that's a huge miss I, I, that's really hard to get around for me um but i mean carter hart we saw him stand on his head a few times last night and keep us in the game there's nothing stopping him from doing that again obviously um and i think again you know the last two games of we've seen flashes of that flyers team that we saw again you know earlier in the season and in those round robin games where getting pucks on net which has been a struggle you know even going to the back to the canadian series this team just wasn't wasn't shooting very much and obviously you don't want to get you know too uh cliche as a flyers fan and telling every player to shoot but you know you're not going to score if you don't i mean you know that's just that's just how it works so yeah i i think if you can see some of those sparks again and then you force the game seven and the pressures on the islanders then you know to to not blow lead of course but I um, I'll say this, you know, if the season ends tomorrow, it's obviously disappointing. But I think all things considered, it does feel like the Flyers are, are progressing. This doesn't feel like, uh, well, this was our chance. You know, this team's over the hill now. No, there's there's a lot to look forward to, regardless. Yeah, and you know, we we brought up Coots potentially not playing. The Islanders could also be potentially without Matt Barzel. So there is kind of you know that equivalency of. of big name guys being out for each of these teams and we kind of saw with Barzal out you know the Islanders didn't really generate much offense after that and um you know that could be a, a big miss for them in game six it could yeah absolutely and and you have to 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 mitigate that sometimes in playoffs like this that you're not going to be the only one without some of your key players so 
obviously, you know, we'll see what happens. Coots is he's played through injury before. Definitely um, as gritty as it gets, but um, you know, we, we don't really have any update on him right now, so it's hard to say what his odds are even potentially playing through an injury. We don't even know what his actual injury is. We just know he had a, a knee-on-knee collision, and that's that's really it, and those things are never fun. So, uh, you know, we're going to have to wait probably till tomorrow, um, maybe morning or afternoon, to get any kind of update on, on Coots. Yeah, um, hopefully the Flyers do the damn thing and, and keep this season going. Uh, I was going to pivot to our Phillies, but we have a little bit of uh, breaking tweet news going across that timeline uh, because who doesn't love cryptic Joel Embiid tweets? Oh, I just saw it. <laughs> just tweeted, I'm still really unhappy. Um, the other night when he put his tweets out, um, and if you miss them or you're not on Twitter for whatever reason, um, he he tweeted all caps if and a bunch of dots and then Jimmy Butler hashtag too good and then just now I'm still really unhappy. I wasn't bothered by the first two tweets. Everybody was kind of freaking out like, oh, geez, here we go. This, in my opinion, is just Joel using his platform to get the attention of ownership to make the changes that they're claiming they're going to make. Yeah. Um, not great. I think not ideal. No, I, I think what this is, it was Joel kind of playing into the, uh, I don't know, the, the feelings around the team in general. I don't know if this is even him wielding power. I don't know. It's hard to read into this kind of stuff. I, I think this might just be Joel just um, kind of lamenting how the season ended because we saw it last year too that he was obviously upset with you know the way the Sixers lost to, to the Raptors last year. Um, I don't know. You don't you don't want to see this anyway. But didn't he have a commercial as well where he like is uh is talking about being like for his Hulu as live sports thing? Yes, uh, buddy. Patrick Araya just tweeted, it was a commercial, yeah. and then followed up with, why would he do this? <laughs> I Yeah, so I, I think it's either a, a promo tweet or, or something more cryptic. Either way, I don't know. It's hard for me to, <laughs> to invest emotional time into it just because, you know, I... I I, I don't want to say this out loud, but I, I've pretty much just given up hope that Embiid finishes his career here. Um, just with the way the Sixers are trending, the way the future looks for us. We know that, I mean, we've talked at length about how superstars, there's one or two every season that demand trades. I would not be super surprised if, if in the next two years, Joel Embiid is on that list. I really want it because I, I just think... Uh, I think if I'm him, I'm I'm looking around like, what the hell am I doing here? You know? Yeah. But yeah, I think uh either way, it's it's prob it's probably nothing. I, I don't think Joel's about to <laughs> force a trade now, but we'll see, I guess. Yeah. I, I don't see it as too much and like we said, it's it's from the commercial, so like great job for uh, you know, Joel using Twitter to uh multi market that uh, in multiple ways and drive Sixers fans to the brink of, you know, paranoia and nonsensical tweets. But um, speaking of the Sixers, Jay Wright has been uh, rumored 
or was put on the rumored list of uh, potential coaching candidates to replace Brett Brown. And uh, Jay Wright came out today with a very lengthy and uh, kind of expected statement. Um, Jay Wright says that, uh, out of respect for our Villanova community and our 76ers organization, I feel the need to address speculation about the 76ers head coach position. The 76ers have a great leader in Elton Brand, outstanding young talent, and an incredible opportunity for any coach to compete for a championship. As a lifetime 76ers fan, I have confidence they will bring in the right coach to build on what Brett Brown has developed. I am not a candidate for the job. I am very happy and honored to coach at Villanova. Jay Wright. Yeah, not not super surprising, all no. things considered. Um, you know, we talked about how he has a great situation with Nova. Why would he want to leave that? Um, and the only reason we could come up with is just that you know, kind of the future of college sports is slightly murky. But even then, you know, a team like Villanova, I think, is always going to attract talent regardless of what happens with the G League. And even then, I think things like that you're going to see in the next 15, 20 years sort of change. I, I don't know that it's going to happen very quick. But, yeah, good for him, you know, just kind of coming out quickly and nipping it in the bud and um, – not super surprising, though. I, I never really considered Jay Wright as a, a real serious candidate for this job. Plus, why would Jay Wright come coach for a team that traded Mikael Bridges? Yeah, right? <laughs> it's very uh, true. Joel Embiid. You do see that a lot in, in college coaches yeah. that, that you know come to the NBA or, or make any kind of step up. They, they do typically like to at least follow a gifted player they had or, or some kind of you know, co-interest. The only thing is that, oh, he's just also from philadelphia like do you think ben simmons cares no he doesn't know <laughs> you know that's not that's not gonna have any impact on anyone so that just means jay wright's throwing his hat in the ring for the bulls job because ryan archidiacono is there uh, <laughs> hey listen i mean they they certainly could probably use him uh joel mb just tweeted a follow-up tweet saying that mountain dew commercial is great so everybody can calm down because he's just tweeting about mountain dew I'm imagining he's watching the game and the the Hulu commercial came on and he's just you know it's it just it's just a bummer now because anytime I, I read Embiid's replies it's him being photoshopped in uh, other people's jerseys and that makes me upset yeah. quite a bit. Um, it's it's going to be a long off season. That's for damn sure. Um, oh well, no, God, don't don't forget we saw those big sweeping organizational changes uh happening any day now any any moment actually yeah i'm wondering where we're at on that on that front just just curious to see where we're sitting with that they're working around the clock trying to figure it out (laughs) uh our phillies though matt they are they are thriving right now um and they look great i am you know there was a, a point last week where I was ready to kind of just be done with this team because they they just were doing stupid stuff in every single game. And right now they're one of the hottest teams in baseball. Yeah, and, you know, I, I agree that last week was definitely a test of, uh, of confidence and fortitude. Um, but we've seen them really just dust through the nets, which has been fantastic. I think the thing about some of those games um, from last week were just kind of the story of the season so far, like blown leads or times where you're scoring, you know, 
10, 11 runs and it's still a struggle or kind of things that we've all just have grown to expect and, and embrace with this team for better or for worse. Um, but what we've seen over the last few games, especially is what we've always believed in is that positionally these, this team has the ability to have the offensive power to beat teams. And especially when they get good pitching days, I mean, they're playing very well and that's, that's the positive side. Right. And, They've made some moves, obviously. I don't think anyone we've acquired at the trade deadline is necessarily going to take your breath away. No one really jumps off the page at you. I think one thing you can say is they're at least major league level, which, you know, for us is a a significant upgrade (laughs) because half our bullpen this season, frankly, I don't know what their future is like in this league. But, um, yeah, I think... You know, and you look around the division too. Not a whole lot of movement from people around us either. Whereas last year, it was kind of the opposite, where we made these very small, just flyer options, and everyone else is kind of advancing themselves forward. It's a little bit of the the opposite here this year, where we've actually, I think, we've we've tried our best. I think did the best we could given the situation. Um, you know, I, th- I think we could have pushed for. Some, some better players uh, that have gone to maybe a divisional rival instead, but hey, you know that's the way it breaks sometimes. But Philly somehow is still in a, in a playoff uh, position, or at least within striking distance, which is kind of insane when you consider just I think the mood around this team this year. And they're a game over five hundred. Who would have yeah. ever thought? <laughs> yeah, they finally broke the five game win streak curse. Um, they're in what uh, I think it's a three-way tie for that last wild card spot now, um, and this is with, by the way, having to play a really truncated schedule, you know, where they had all these double headers and stuff. Like that's that's a high degree of difficulty there to to work with. Um, the main issue is is that probably to get a wild card, the Phillies are going to have to actually beat the Marlins in a series, um, which. <laughs> I don't know. I think I think a lot of crazy things have happened in 2020. I'm not sure I'm ready for that quite just yet, though. And let's not forget, it is a seven-game series. <laughs> yes. Uh, which I've been bringing up the point. If I'm Joe Girardi going into that series, obviously there's a little bit you know, of time before that all kicks off. But if I'm Joe Girardi, I'm approaching that seven-game Marlins series as if it's the playoffs. Like, that is such a, a playoff warm-up if I've ever seen one. You get seven games against the same exact team to go out and, and battle for a playoff spot and potentially the division, depending on what happens with Atlanta. Um, you know, that's an opportunity that I think if, if you go all in on it, you can approach it like your your playoff prep. Yeah, absolutely. Um and I mean, you say it's far away. It's only a little over a week away. Yeah. You know, again, that's that's in some ways the craziness of this season, and is that it's just it's all happening so very quick. And you know, again, I think even the narrative around this Phillies team has changed so quickly. Whereas a week and a half ago, I don't know, we were we were counting this team out, and it's just like you know, here we are. This team <laughs> has big flaws that they haven't really addressed yet. Um, but here's what we're positive about. And now they've kind of picked up a little bit of that form a little bit. And they're right back in. And, and we said this, too, at the beginning of this restart, that this team can get to that 28 to, like, 32 win mark. That 
could feasibly be very like good enough for playoffs. And I mean, they're on pace for that right now, you know? So it, it's certainly within play for them. And we keep getting good performances, especially from our two top guys with, with Nolan Wheeler, Wheeler, absolutely dealing again tonight i think he's been great as of late i can't heap enough praise on him and how good he's looked hopefully that is not a curse i'm knocking on my bedside table right now um but yeah i mean nola fantastic last night against the nats like seems looked really good and by the way our boy alec bow absolutely crushing it um he is he really hasn't missed a beat i don't i don't think since he's been called up and last night you know I don't want to call it a breakout game because that, that team's a little ridiculous, but it was definitely like that feels like a, a real kind of stepping forward point for mm-hmm. him, right? Where you see him have two home runs in a game. It's like, damn, this guy can absolutely mash against a good Nationals team, by the way. It's not like, you know, this is <laughs> this just happens to be, I don't know, one of the best pitching rotations in baseball. <laughs> so it's it's not like he, he's he's doing it against scrubs here. Like this guy's incredibly talented and i think it's it's a great kind of buoy for this team to have this injection of of youth and offensive ability right into the team yeah this lineup is absolutely mashing and obviously at the trade deadline phillies went out and got michael phelps i mean david phelps um to kind of solidify the back end of the bullpen um but looking even half as uh, dominating as Michael Phelps was, he might be the best <laughs> baseball player of all time. Easily. No doubt about that. But you look at this bullpen right now, uh, and going back to the opening day roster, Matt, there were 11 guys in this bullpen to kick off the season. There are currently three guys that are active in this bullpen that were on the opening day roster. Can you name them? Uh, In the bullpen? Yeah. We still have uh, Hector Neris now. Correct. Thank God. <laughs> um, dude, are we are we counting people that are on the uh, on the DL or no? Uh, we'll pass on them because okay. obviously Jose Alvarez. Okay. Um, I'm drawing a blank right now, to be honest. So you got Hector Neris. Adam Morgan and Tommy Hunter are the three currently active relievers in this bullpen that were also on the opening day roster. Jose Alvarez still on the team. He's just on the injured list uh, after taking one to not-so-great area uh, at 105 miles an hour. But the real fun thing to look back at is the guys that were in this bullpen to start the season – Hector Neris, Adam Morgan, Jose Alvarez, Diolis Guerra, gone. Tommy Hunter, Cole Irvin is at the alternate site. Trevor Kelly, I don't think, ever pitched for this team. Reggie McLean just got sent down uh, this week. Ramon Rosso is at the alternate site. Austin Davis is a Pittsburgh Pirate. And Nick Pavetta is now a starting pitcher for the Boston Red Sox. I mean, we wanted to clear out. We wanted we wanted change and we certainly got it. Um, maybe the Sixers front office should take some notes. That's how that's how you get rid of some dead wood right there. But I mean, you know, Clintock deserves tons of uh, blame and tons of of abuse, but some credit at least for making. I mean, he, 
I'll be honest, I didn't expect him to do much of anything in the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. And it's not like we're coming away with some some big victory here. But this is at least, you know, showing up to the scene of a car accident and performing CPR. You know, you're giving it your your, your best here and you're at least going to uh, do do the due diligence and, and try and, uh, and make a change here. So that he deserves at least some credit for performing what I would say is the bare minimum of his job. So. Good for you for showing up to work today, Pat Clintech. <laughs> yeah, I was fully expecting them to just sit tight and not do a damn thing. So at least they went out and got, uh, you know, a reliever that has pitched well this season, um, has, you know, familiarity with Joe Girardi from both of their time with the Yankees. Um, so he's a guy that I, I'm pretty sure, if anything, Joe Girardi helped make this trade go through. Um, has a lot of confidence in him, and I, if he can be any sort of boost to this team's bullpen, it's a, a massive win. He's also under contract through next season if the team picks up his $4.5 million option, which I would be shocked if they don't. That's really you know affordable for a reliever of David Phelps' you know, caliber. And um, you know I would not be surprised if we start seeing him regularly you know, down the stretch and you know, there's a not a lot of time left in this regular season. Obviously, the Phillies are playing right now against the Nationals, and if anything happens while we're live, we'll keep you updated. But also have a day game against the Nationals on Thursday before you go to New York to take on the Mets for four games, come back home to take on the Red Sox for two games before that seven-game series against the Marlins. Um, and then the Mets come to town for three. The Blue Jays come to town. Uh, for four, and then you get the Nationals in D.C. before you head to Tampa to end out the season. So there's not a lot of time left, but there are a lot of, on paper, winnable games for this Phillies team to really stockpile and and move up in this divisional standings, in my opinion. Yeah, and I mean, one team, and again, hoping I'm not jinxed here, but one team that is continually over the past few years been a pretty good shot in the arm for the Phillies has been the Mets. And if you can go in that series, I don't know that you sweep the Mets, right? But if you win that series, that is going to heap, obviously, the pressure on potentially the Braves, depending on how they perform, right, and the Marlins. I mean, that that's I think it's a good transition for this Phillies team, especially if they're able to win tonight, just what that would do confidence-wise and I think it would be great to shut up some Nats fans and the Nats social media account. But yeah, I think, um, you know, if you can go through and, and I think the Mets are probably the, the one team in the NL East that I, I don't cringe at playing against. That's not, that's not necessarily disrespect to the Mets. I think that's just the Phillies have kind of perennially underperformed against our divisional opponents. I don't know what it is. You'll be fomented so much about our inability just to beat the Marlins um, the Braves are always a, a difficult team to face, right? No matter the season. And the Nets, you know, obviously bad this year, but they are the reigning World Series champions. So that's just how it goes. And they kind of got off to a slow start last year and picked the momentum throughout the season. So fortunately, they're not going to have uh, the legs to do it this year because they're, they're pretty much out of it. But, you know, I, I think the Mets for us are, are a really good matchup. And the fact you have the series coming up right now where it feels like this team's gotten into a very good groove very fortuitous for us and you don't have to play the Braves again the rest of the season unless you see them in the playoffs which I think is a big boost as well yeah and you get the Red Sox as well too 
mm-hmm. know, which is a team that, you know, similar to the Nats, right, where they're in this kind of almost like they're more of, of a transition than the Nationals are, right, whereas the Nationals is just sort of an off-year, um, you know, trying to just rebuild almost on the fly a little bit after losing some big hitters. But the Red Sox in a little bit of transitional year, so don't carry the same weight they normally do and that have been struggling. And, I mean, we saw that when we played them earlier as well. So, uh, yeah, definitely, you know, two very winnable series. And then, you know, that, that builds all into the Marlins, which, like like we said, definitely is, is like a playoff warm-up. And if, if this team can't go out and, and compete and and perform well in that series, then they don't deserve to be in the playoffs in the first place. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> pivoting from the Phillies real quick, back to Joel Embiid. Uh, just posted an incredible gif of uh, himself being mind blown uh, from Mountain Dew and says, life's great, hashtag the process. <sighs> what are we going to do with our boy, huh? What a guy. Uh, Silly zone. And then a uh, tweet right here from one of uh one of Sixers Twitter zone at Panasonic DX forty five hundred, my boy Matt, uh says Embiid spent years building up his reputation as a Twitter troll just so he could spit directly in Joshua Harris's face out in public like this and still claim plausible deniability. Your goat could never <laughs> true. <laughs> the truth. He says with gritted teeth. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, Embiid. <laughs> you really stick to Josh Harris. <laughs> oh man. Um, but real quick, back to the Phillies too. I mean, they seem like they're they're just kind of playing and having fun too, which I think for a good chunk of the first half of the season, you know, Reese was struggling, Kutch was still trying to get his legs back under him after the injury. Gene Segura was struggling a bit as well. But now it seems like almost every single person in this lineup is hitting. And that has kind of taken the spotlight off of a little bit of the poor performances pitching-wise, whether it's from the bullpen or Jake Arrieta, because I think one through four, if you're going into a playoff series, having Aaron Nola, Zach Wheeler, Zach Eflin, who's looked fantastic, and then giving Spencer Howard a chance to pitch big innings in the playoffs, I think is something that needs to happen. Those top four, I feel really confident with being your starting four going into a playoff series. Yeah, I mean, they, they, you know, not as inspiring, and I don't know if we'll ever quite reach the heights of uh, of the aces we had um, in sort of the heyday here. But, yeah, it's certainly – I'll say it's, I feel better about that than I would have had we limped into the playoffs last year with our rotation, mm-hmm. right, where at, at least there's – um, some upside in all of it where you have, you know, like I said, you, Nolan, Zach, penciled in, love them no matter what, confidence to, to all the way to the top. Eflin is still like an enigma to me, um, but I, I will agree that he's, he's definitely looks pretty good this year. You know, he's looked more good than bad, which is an improvement <laughs> on the year past. Spencer, I don't know about Spencer Howard in the playoffs. I, I definitely don't disagree that it would be nice to get him playoff reps, um, but I do wonder what that could potentially do for his confidence because I don't know that he's had the brightest start imaginable. Um, it is rare to see a pitcher come up and just immediately obviously be dominant. Um, it's, a, it's a hard position to transi- transition into, so you know I don't, I don't certainly want to 
shake any confidence because I think he's one of the the brighter you know talents we have and at such a crucial position for us. I think probably want to play safer, but it could depend on matchup too. You know, depending on on what happens and and who we end up having to face. But yeah, I mean, you know, it feels good to at least be talking hopefully about playoffs. And Reese Austin, by the way, is a great what a shout monster. out to everyone that wanted to trade him uh, two weeks ago. You're Rip stupid. Their just, just be patient. Let the man work it out. He's looked absolutely fantastic, and long may it continue. He has been on such a tear right now. His 2020 season stats. Uh, remembering how just rough he had it to start the season. Reese is now hitting 269. Six home runs, 18 RBIs, and an OPS of 962. I mean, that's that's even better than, like, breakout Reese, you know? Like mm-hmm. that, and this is what we're talking about. You know, let him figure it out. He's, the, the talent didn't just evaporate, and it was way too long of a window for that have just been a flash in a pan and, and all luck, right? We knew this guy's good. He was having just, I think, some confidence stuff. We said it when he finally broke his duck and he hit that homer that this could be the, the, the transition point for him from here, and it quite literally has. Since then, he has looked fantastic. He looks fresh, and that's that's what we wanted to see from our boy. And in his last seven days, six games, 24 at-bats, he scored six runs, has 10 hits, four doubles, four home runs, nine RBIs, has walked three times, and only one strikeout. I mean, you know, and, and, it, and it just baffles me when people say that this team doesn't have the talent because we absolutely do. Mm-hmm. And, and this is why I've, I've been slamming my fist on the table about this team since last year that the, the talent and especially offensive talent we have on this team can absolutely get us to where we want to be. I, I truly believe that then I believe it now and I believe it going forward. Um, this team, this team has some really, really special aspects to it. Um, it's not a complete picture yet, but if we, we can find the right puzzle pieces, I don't know that Klintak is the guy to do that. It's a, a broader discussion, um, but I absolutely believe this team can be going places. Yeah, and I mean, like, Bryce and JT haven't been, you know, at their hottest recently, but you've had guys like Kutch and Reese and Gene Segura and, I mean, Didi Gregorius, please sign him along with JT at the same exact time, because my goodness, he's been incredible. But you've had these guys step up and have continued to stay hot and help carry this team when they've needed it, and you haven't had to rely on just two guys to carry your offense like you did for most of the first half of the season. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's been the biggest thing is JT and Bryce were carrying such a heavy burden that now, you know, it... it it's getting uh, shared the load, you know, now. And that's that's fantastic. And Didi was, you know, a real bright spot as well. I shouldn't discount him and, and what he did through the, the first few weeks. Um, but yeah, I mean this team this team has turned it on in the last week and a half, and that's what you want to see. And listen, you know, the it doesn't feel like it, but we're over the halfway point now in this season. Um, uh, even though it's strange, this season feels simultaneously like it's gone by in a blink but that like whole incident with opening weekend with the marlins genuinely feels like five months ago like yeah. that that I, I don't know how time 
through this entire last six months has felt simultaneously incredibly quick. Like I couldn't believe we woke up in a September, but March really does feel like five years ago. And March was like the longest month I think of our entire existence. It was. It and really was. Now it's somehow September, and great segue into our final uh, segment. It does not feel like football is two weekends from now. We no, are, we, we are right had on the, the cusp. Uh, the preseason appetizers. We haven't had that. We haven't really had much to like look into training camp wise because of everything, COVID restrictions and stuff like that. But we are two Sundays away from NFL football happening, which I don't think a lot of people thought was going to happen because of, of COVID-19 and everything. But kudos to the NFL and what they've been able to do, you know, protocol wise to make sure these guys are safe and, you know, following what they need to do to make sure the season gets off without a hitch. But, you know, we are 11 days away from Carson Wentz probably lobbing two uh, deep touchdowns to Deshaun Jackson against Washington. Yeah, and um, I'll be honest, I was very skeptical about the NFL's uh, ability, and I still am, because by the way, it's a a whole different ball game uh, to have practices like we are and to have, you know, uh, practically intercontinental travel and, and have actual live games. But, yeah, we'll cross that bridge when we get there because, I mean, baseball, you didn't have outbreaks till teams started playing each other. And baseball has since then been relatively good with that. So we'll see with, with the NFL and how, how they deal with their first big test. But so far, yeah, I agree. They've It's, it's all been smooth sailing to this point. Um, but, yeah, it, it really doesn't feel like we're um, – I mean, we're almost exactly a week – from opening night with the Chiefs and Texans, so it does not feel like uh, like we're really in that mode yet. But very excited. Eagles obviously though catching the injury bug. Not not very exciting. Not great. Uh, friend of the show, Will Parks, going to be out potentially four to six weeks uh, with a lower body injury. So that's an absolute bummer. Um, and the injuries just continue to stack on, which just. Gives us a bit of normalcy when it comes to this Eagles team uh, because it seems like nobody can stay healthy. Yeah, I think um, – I don't know what it is with this Eagles team over the last few years where they've had all the potential in the world, but it's just – whether it's preseason or whether it's like kind of a, a November injury that kind of just puts them out of the race. Um, you know, you already lose you know two pretty, pretty key, at least for this season, offensive linemen, right – uh, which is a bummer. Miles Sanders has this kind of alarmingly mysterious uh, injury um, where he's almost back to getting back to practice. That's very vague, which I don't <laughs> I don't really appreciate as someone with doubly vested interest in uh, Miles Sanders production this year. Um, you, you know, and you have Carson even already kind of dealing with stuff. But the problem is, is that there are some legitimate injuries here, but I think in in the way that this offseason is, any news is big news because yes. we've been so starved of it. Where I, I you're seeing this with other you know, like big like uh, like fantasy guys, right? Where they have you know um, you know injections or, or they're sitting out of practice, right? They're doing individual workouts. These guys do this all the time, um, and I don't want to sound alarming either, but 
you know, everyone is freaking out about Alvin Kamara getting epidural. I would be shocked. I think most people would actually be shocked at how probably frequent stuff like that is. I think people would be shocked if they, and we've heard players tell the stories about how they were essentially hooked on opioids for their entire NFL careers. And people would be very, very surprised to see how frequently medicated, how frequently injected these guys are just to get them working and, and to be able to go out and play every day. Um, but the problem is, is that, you know, we, we haven't, we don't have preseason to really focus on, you know, so a lot of like the, especially this time of year where you have like the final cuts and everything, a lot of that drama, a lot of that, like a lot of that story isn't really there. There's no games to talk about. There's no college football either. Like it's only a focus on this. So anytime someone is sitting at a practice, anytime someone is talking about any kind of soreness or tightness, it gets I think, elevated to a much higher level. Absolutely. And uh, just uh, continuing development on this show. Joel Embiid has changed his Twitter display name to Joel, quote, Troel Embiid. You love to hate him. <laughs> Absolutely incredible. Um, I think that's all we got. Any final thoughts, Matt? Uh, Union playing the, the crew tonight to the highest games of the MLS. Shout out our boys. We may be trying to write something the next few days about how good they've looked uh, since the restart after the MLS is back <laughs> tournament. Um, they could have worked on the branding a little bit, I think, for that tournament because it gets a little confusing. But yeah, uh, they've looked they've looked really strong so far, and this is a, a tough test for them. So we'll see how that goes. Very very positive on on our boys uh, down in in Chester, the Chester Union. Um... Yeah, and make sure you guys are following us on social media, Twitter and Instagram, at UndergroundPHI, where you get all the, the latest news and updates from us. You saw the Manscaped announcement over there today, at UndergroundPHI, Twitter and Instagram. You can follow me on Twitter at KBIZZL311. You can follow Matt on Twitter at Matt Castorina. And make sure you guys are subscribed to the podcast. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews. Let us know what you think of Joel Embiid's troll job as we went through it all live here on the show. Your thoughts on the fills. Do you feel like football season is right around the corner? All that good stuff. Leave it in your Apple Podcast review. Five stars only because we have standards. We know you do too. You can check us out on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, the TuneIn app, iHeartRadio, Radio.com. Wherever you get your podcasts, we are there. And... Uh, We'll be back later this week talking about whatever goes down in the Philly sports world. And also, if you missed it on the episode that dropped today, Eagles Enemies will be back next week for Season 3. And a bit of a formal announcement here as well. We are back for another season with Violent High School Football. Obviously, their season a little bit delayed because of COVID-19 starting in October this year. But that is locked down, so the Dan Russo Show will be back for season three as well very excited uh for football season to be here it's one of our busiest seasons if not the busiest so make sure you guys uh stay up to date with everything we're doing like i said undergroundsportsphiladelphia.com is also going to be in full swing uh with a lot of football news notes updates posts and everything so check out the website undergroundsportsphiladelphia.com and uh show would not be possible without our amazing local sponsors, Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick Automall, Mark Ronchetti, CPA LLC, 
and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland, and of course, our awesome merch provider, Design Tree, DSGNTree.com. Search Underground Sports Philadelphia. Use the promo code DSGN5. Save yourself $5 off at checkout. Our friends at Tomahawk Shades doing the damn thing. Promo code USP at checkout saves you 25% off your order, and all orders $20 and over right now. You get a free pair of Tomahawk Shades with your order. And then the newest sponsor, our friends over at Manscaped. Make sure you check out everything they've got going on, manscaped.com. And at checkout, use promo code USP, save yourself 20% off your order, and you get free shipping. Promo code USP, manscaped.com. Shout out to Manscaped. This has been another insane episode of Underground Sports Philadelphia, episode number 262. For Matt, I'm KB. We are signing off. Peace.